Hi, and welcome to another episode of Well To Do. This is episode 12. I'm Andy Lou, and I am joined by Dr. Tanya Ash, who I'm so excited and feel privileged to have brought her here all the way from Adelaide. We're in Sydney right now, and I'm going to introduce her extensive career to you. But before we do, I'm going to share that this episode is actually sponsored and funded by me. Most of the time, our episodes are funded by brands and businesses that I love and want to share with you. But this is a topic that's very dear to me and to Dr. Tanya, as we have both suffered breast implant illness. And that's what today is all about. It's part two of a series of BII. And without any further ado, just wanted to make mention of this holistic health guide connected a paradigm shift in how we view health which is the ultimate in helping you to understand your body's innate ability to be able to heal itself and function optimally when you give it the right environment so we're both in this understanding of wellness philosophy but dr tanya has decades of experience if i must say in both medical you know, medicine and integrative medicine. For those who don't understand what integrative medicine is, it's where we allow ourselves to heal with nutrition as well as drugs. So you have both abilities to be able to heal and practice with both natural and pharmaceutical ways of helping people to be more well. Dr. Tanya, you are an expert in breast implant illness, if I may say, having suffered firsthand and also a keen you know, special interest in understanding it further, which is why I've brought you on. You're also an expert in mast cell activation syndrome, or what some people call MCAS. The mast cells are the immune cells. And funnily enough, breast implant illness and mast cell activation syndrome kind of related the same thing. We're going to go into detail about that. Dr. Tanya and I have worked together professionally through the clinic I used to run and many other ways. So Thank you so much for being on this episode. I have so many things to ask you and in particular because she basically saved my life, if I may say. I'm just starting to realise the magnitude of this because it was Dr. Tanya Ash that diagnosed me with breast implant illness and mast cell activation syndrome about two years ago. Yes, and what a journey it's been. Well, welcome to Well To Do. Here we are right now and I'll... It's from this personal journey to now sharing it with the wider world. Yeah, it's, it's been um, exciting watching you go through and, and take and, you know, gently take on board because it is a journey, BII, and, and learning about the diagnosis and coming to terms with it and working up the courage to, to potentially explant the implant. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly been my personal journey. Um, I'll go back a, a few steps. Um, so I, I originally was a general practitioner about 20 years ago and I had been experiencing chronic fatigue syndrome or relapsing fatigue uh, since on and off since the age of 18 and I was so frustrated as a medical practitioner, you know, with all those years of learning, um, two degree, medical degrees already under my belt and I didn't know what was going on with my own health. You know, it hadn't adequately equipped me with the knowledge to, to diagnose and get to the root causes of what was going on. And the root cause, yeah. Yeah. And when I um, decided to have implants inserted in 2008, which I had in place for nine years all up, 
Um, I remember asking my plastic surgeon, you know, because I already had a, the, the found, starting at the foundation of functional medicine where we're trained in nutrients, detox, genetics, mm. the, the bigger, the root curls paradigm of medicine. Um, I remember specifically asking my plastic surgeon, you know, what's the safety track record? Are they toxic? Um, you know, I was worried about the shell of the implant. I was worried about rupture. Um, and I ended up having, he, he completely reassured me that it was all fine. And I went against my intuition and, and had them put in. And I progressively over the period of nine years became sicker and sicker. Yeah. So let's just go into, you say we're addressing this gently because trigger warning, there may actually be some people that are watching this and hoping to be inspired to get ready to remove. Um, and if I may say that I was nurtured in a gentle way to help keep me stable until I was psychologically, financially, and, you know, physically ready to go and have the explant. It is important to take your time. And also on this note, I would like to say that we're having a disclaimer announcement that this video or podcast rather is not intended to treat or cure anything, but rather inform and inspire you. Mm. So on that note of being rest assured that breast implants are safe, and if I may say, we all have our own personal story as to why we've done it. There's been a culture that sort of allowed us to think that not only it was safe, but it was what was aesthetically needed. So I want to dive into that a little bit. And I also want to dive into the plastic surgery industry as well in upselling us other, um, you know, surgeries, if you like, when we're asking for an explant, you know, or removal of the implants, like things like our um, lifts or replacement or a fat transfer. And it's really important that a lot of women know that that might not be necessary. So there has been some new research announced about the TGA, the FDA, would you like to share that with us so that we do understand that we've been told it's safe and it's actually not? Yeah. I think it's been approximately the past two years now that the FDA in the US, which our TGA Therapeutic Goods Administration follows quite closely. Um, so the FDA now has a black box warning that it never used to have that um, breast implants may trigger systemic symptoms of breast implant illness. Uh, and also that there's a risk of um, uh, anaplastic large cell lymphoma as well in the capsule um, that surrounds the implant. Uh, and that's, uh, that appears to have a risk roughly around one in 2,000 uh, women. Um, and high, uh, it appears to be a higher risk for textured or the furry implants. So it was the TGA that wanted to put a ban or it was a recall on all textured implants. Allegan, um, so one of the manu manufacturers of the implants, um, did have a recent worldwide recall mm -hmm. of all of their textured implants and expanders. Um, and that really opened up um, a discussion um, with the TGA and the medical fraternity on do we ban them in Australia? And I think that's still under, under discussion at this point in time is my understanding. So on this note, I just want to educate people that you don't have to have a rupture or a leak or textured implants to suffer breast implant illness. You can have this, as you call it, a systemic response 
to any kind of implants. From my understanding, that's because the body doesn't like a foreign or toxic object and we heal through expulsion. We want to expel that foreign object through an orifice. I talk about it in my book, Connected. With or wall it off. Or wall it off. Mm -hmm. So walling it off means... Scar tissue. Scar tissue. So we're going to talk about how the body works to adapt and heal or protect. So what's been happening is explain this scar tissue. Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll go back a step. Um, so BII, breast implant illness, is essentially mast cell activation syndrome. Boom. It's, it's <laughs> you know, BII is, is the sort of this vague label that, that was, you know, provisionally given to describe this smorgasbord of differing systemic symptoms. Let's go through the sure. response. Sure. The inflammatory response. So... So our mast cells are there as our um, early warning surveillance system. You know, they're, they're patrolling the front lines. They're our first responders and they are there to protect us. So they're on the lookout for pathogens, foreign bodies um, in the body. And they essentially rally all the other immune troops to jump on board to the area and, and tackle the problem at hand and, and protect protect us, you know, that we, yeah. we forget that they are our protectors. And when the mast cells, part of the mast cells signaling to the immune system to attract all the troops, really the troops, um, they degranulate and they release over 200 different mediators into the bloodstream. And they vary between adrenaline and noradrenaline, and that can give you the symptoms of anxiety, panic attacks, depression and other psychiatric symptoms. And it's interesting that you say that because a lot of surgeons or doctors are saying, do you really have breast implant illness or are you just anxious? Mm. So this systemic response or this inflammatory response and cytokine storm is actually giving us, through the body trying to heal and wall off and expel, is giving us these very Thanks. reasonable <laughs> side effects of anxiety and depression. Some women even say that they feel like dying or they are dying. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're all very in tune with our own bodies and, and the signals that it's giving us. And we, you know, we, <laughs> we often are our best diagnosis. And it's, it's so important, I learned as a doctor, to listen to the patient. So if we can go through some of the other side effects, we've got... Um, so apart from psychiatric, um, we've the whole endocrine hormonal axis can get, get suppressed, you know, ovarian, hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal axis. So the whole hormone orchestra can get suppressed, which is so, it's so important for our energy and well-being and, and um, fertility as well. We've got autoimmune conditions coming up. Yep. The, the immune, there's immune dysregulation that can occur um, as part of that foreign body in situ, um, that autoimmunity, autoimmunity can be induced with a shift in the immune system um, or immune dysregulation. Um, and that can be th things like lupus, um, uh, autoimmune thyroid disease, Hashimoto's, Graves, etc. Um, Blood-borne cancers. Yes. Um, you know, the susceptibility to infections because the immune system is not working at its prime. Um, malignancies, of course, can, can ensue. Um, basically, you know, this whole um, inflammatory orchestra, the cytokines, leukotrienes, etc., 
um, really deplete the body. Um, you have chronic inflammation, you, which causes chronic nutritional depletion. And on that note, that's where the hair loss comes yeah. into play because the body is pulling nutrition into the area of sickness or inflammation and its priority is no longer to grow hair yeah. or to do all the other wonderful yeah. things. The body's in survival mode and that's Absolutely. what it focuses on. And the other really important symptom is that the is nervous system dysregulation. You know, your body gets hardwired into sympathetic um, response, which is our flight, freeze, um, fight. bite response. Yeah. And um, and those, it becomes a vicious cycle. You know, that hardwiring also provokes the mast cells to be more trigger happy, regularly degranulating, and it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. The natural detoxification pathways start to shut down. In my case, that's what I experienced and it slowly got worse and worse and worse to the point where, first of all, I had insatiable thirst, but I also couldn't sweat. And that's one of our natural ways to detox as well as through the digestive system. But that's because the toxins that are trying to be expelled through our you know, digestive system or pores of our skin or, you know, bypassing through the liver, the gallbladder, the, the, the kidneys, they're all in overload, yeah. yeah? So we start to develop, BII sufferers develop things like uh, SIBO gut, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, yeah. and sometimes the medical profession can just aim to treat that and not realise that it's connected to this root cause, which is the implant. Yeah. Detoxification is absolutely key. You know, it's something that needs to be started um, before, well before explanting. You need to be opening up those detox pathways and supporting them. Uh, liver, kidneys, sweating through skin. Um, open up the bowels if you're constipated with things like magnesium oxide, even enemas or colonics if necessary. Um, you know, it's it's so so important that we start getting the toxins out and toxins you know we i guess when i early in my medical career uh, and when i had when i implanted i was most worried about a rupture it just wasn't on my radar at all what was actually in the capsule and when you um there's a website called truthaboutbreastimplants.com and they have the laundry list of what's contained in the implants and it is things like that are not biocompatible with the body, like toluene and acetone and polyvinyl chloride, other neurotoxins, lead solder, and um, microsilica particles. Yes, and you know, and the and the mast cells are reacting to the capsule even if it's intact. So what you're yeah. saying is, and if we could go into the capsule, the body wants to wall off this toxin, so it creates scar tissue, much like an eggshell that surrounds the hard-boiled egg. And that's an intelligent way, if you like, for the body to go, well, I don't want this to further spill into my system. So let's try and encapsulate it, right? So there's a new, on this note, there's a new type of surgery. It's not that new, but there aren't enough trained surgeons to be able to do what's called complete capsulectomy or on-block surgery, E-N-B-L-O-C, where you may remove that scar tissue with the sack or the bag at the same time. Can you explain to me the difference? Sure. So um, on block capsulectomy, basically you're removing um, the, the implant and the capsule is attached to the implant. You move it all, remove it all together. Whereas um, capsulectomy is basically you're cutting in or incising the capsule 
um, and then re removing it potentially in a more piecemeal fashion. And that's usually reserved for um, cases where the capsule's very tightly attached to like the rib ball, pectoral muscle, uh, close to the blood vessels, um, or you're worried about a rupture mm -hmm. or, or a malignancy and you're really trying to contain things and preventing spillage. Right, so taking it out in the one go with the capsule intact and then opening up the capsule to inspect the bag is key because if there is an undetected rupture, it's not, as you say, spilling into the rest of the system. The body is actually kind of encapsulated within this scar tissue, which is still a part of our body. But this is why the on-block or complete capsulectomy surgeons are practicing this way because the FDA has announced new research about five months ago saying that the capsule is now a new type of cancer, the squamous cell carcinoma. Yeah, there's two risks, squamous cell carcinoma and the um, anaplastic large cell uh, lymphoma are the two risks that have been identified um, in the capsule surrounding the implant. The fact of the matter is that I did have an undetected rupture and this is kind of the first time I inspected the evidence, if you like, today. It was quite mortifying for me to see the hole, how big it was, and that that left implant is so much smaller than the other, just kind of indicating that it has leaked into my system. And, you know, as soon as I had them removed, I did feel an abundance of wellness and my energy returned. And that's really important to people who are wanting to remove their implants. Like, what are the symptoms? So, yeah, I instantly didn't feel like I was dying or want to die anymore. Um, my digestive started, system started working better. Um, you know, there are some symptoms that were starting to remove instantly. However, this is really concerning. Um, what do you think about the fact that we have the best doctors, the best surgeons, the best testing, yet this rupture still went undetected? The surgeon did say there was a fold there, but it didn't pick up the hole, which I kept explaining. Yeah. Medicine is not a perfect science. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's not black and white. There are many shades of gray. You know, I learned that very early on in my medical career. Um, and that as much as we try and plan for contingency, so, you know, so quite often um, things don't come out as we planned, um, but it is, you know, on a, on a positive note, I know that you did have an on-block removal of that implant where the rupture was, so your surgeon was planning for that contingency, even though it wasn't picked up on the MRI um, too. So he endeavoured to contain things as much as possible by, by doing that. Uh, with the capsule intact. I wonder where the rest of that silicon is. Well, you know, the, and this is what raises um, the the important point of how crucial detoxification is. Right. Um, that you can start while you have the implants in and continue. Um, well, I, I believe in this day and age, we need to work on our detoxification full stop. Right. You know, whether we have implants or not, because we, we live in an increasingly toxic world that's, that's changed radically since the 50s. I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on Botox and fillers <laughs> and tattoos and nail. Yeah. It was just, yeah, there's a lot of toxicity. I think the positive thing is that our body has this inbuilt, innate detoxification system that we can um, carefully support and augment, lift those pathways um, to, 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 so that the body can get rid of anything that's residual 
that, that, that goes into fat tissue. You know, fat tissue is our little safe haven, wrap, wrap toxins up that the body can't deal with when the detox pathways, like in the liver and the kidneys, are not working well, and, and, and gut and sweat and skin, you know, all are important detox pathways. So, you know, even even in this instant, which has been incredibly unfortunate and that it's affected many, many other women as well, ruptures, um, but also just, you know, the toxins leaking from the capsule into the bloodstream, you know, we, we lift those detox pathways with things like um, glutathione, our master antioxidant detoxifier. You can have that as an IV or as a shot. Yeah, um, there's great nano glutathione's available now. Liposomal. Yeah, liposomal is another one. Um, we can work with liver herbs um, like silly mirins, mirins thistle that, that lift the phase one and phase two detox pathways. Um, lots of nutrients feed those pathways as well. Um, binders are really important to use in the gut. So they um, draw all the yeah, and They draw it into the stool, pull it out through the stool. And they're things like activated charcoal. Um, but, um, there are medical binders um, like um, cholesterol, cholestyramine, uh, zeolites, another one. So all of these, by the way, need to be prescribed and taken with your healthcare practitioner of choice because then it can be monitored as well. Yeah, it's a good idea. Getting a higher grade of uh, nutrition instead of yeah. just getting something off the supermarket shelf. You want to take something that's practitioner formula and also okay. have it monitored, um, if I may say. Um, I'm taking the binder at the moment. I'm also taking a homeopathic gallbladder spray for under the tongue but there's chelation therapy as well yes there is that you know it, it, you can link in with one of the functional medical doctors um, who are available on sites like acnum.org and a5m.net um, and the, a number of them do intravenous um, chelation or you know intravenous nutritional therapies intravenous glutathione so they're you know they're sort of the next level that 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 can be um employed if, if needed, especially these more basic starter protocols um, so let, let's are not give, working optimally. Let's give the viewers, apart from detoxing and supporting the body pre and post-op, let's mm -hmm. also give them some information around preventing this kind of thing from happening. So firstly, in America, if you're watching, you have something called a sonogram, mm -hmm. look up sono breasts. Um, basically, they're in Santa Monica, it can pick up more than what an MRI can. If you only have access to an MRI and you're feeling localised symptoms or just an intuitive feeling really that there's something wrong with you, yeah, <laughs> just push for being triaged where possible. Um, any other information that you might like to help? There, there are some great breast implant illness forums on Facebook, both in Australia and the US. Um, that have been fantastic. actually helped me when I uh, was looking to explant. Um, they, in terms of rec particularly recommending surgeons who specialise in on-block removal. Um, but on that notion, I would like to point out that one of the systemic problems we have is that there aren't enough trained surgeons that can do these specialist surgeries. And you were saying it means that if we don't get the capsule out with the bag, we potentially have to go back and do a secondary surgeon. So women are searching for these types of, a handful of these types of surgeons that can do it. And that's why we're on wait lists or we can't afford it because it's very expensive. Private. 
and also, you know, the healthcare insurance isn't covering it, right? So let's let's let the women know if you're in Australia, you can actually apply for a compassionate release of your superannuation for a life-threatening illness, and that's actually what it is. Believe it or not, mm. but you have access to your superannuation. If you're holding off because you can't afford it, please know that you can do that. The other thing that I've noticed is a lot of women are sliding into my DMs and saying, oh my gosh, I have to wait this long and it's also $40,000. I was actually gobsmacked and I said, why was it $40,000? She said, because I needed to do a fat transfer and lift. Right. And then that meant that because she needed six hours in surgery, then they couldn't place her for a two-hour surgery of just the explant because they were going to do these would you like fries with that type of surgery? <laughs> the upsell. No, I, you know, I couldn't emphasize enough the, the explained, you know, uh, on block as a preference is, just has to be the priority. You know, it, if, and I, I can speak personally, I didn't have any augmenting procedures after mine and- You called I, it a fluff up I period? very saggy for a good, at least three months, but then they just sprung back and and I found just going back to the gym and, you know, doing pectoral stretches and things did the trick. And, and so. posture as well. When yeah. you stand so much straighter, yeah. <laughs> things change. Yeah. So on that note, I just want to let people know that, you know, having your breast implants removed doesn't have to be scary. You can actually look just as good, if not better. You, your inflammation goes down, you start becoming more well, so therefore you look more well. And at what cost are you kind of putting it off? Ask yourself that, you know. There, there is um, just one more resource that, that helped me when I embarked on this journey. Um, and it's a, a, a book by a plastic surgeon in the US, Dr. Susan Cole, um, and it's called The Naked Truth About Breast Implants. And it's just a really nice uh, synopsis of the whole BRI issue, um, explanting. Um, I read it in one weekend and then and then rang my breast surgeon on the Monday to explain. I was, yeah, I, I made up my mind pretty quickly about it, having been suffering progressively over nine years. And um, yeah, that's a really nice resource as a, a really good snapshot of, of the condition. So on that note, you don't have to sunbar. It doesn't have to cost the earth and it doesn't have to be scary. And it also doesn't have to look bad. So if there's anything from that that you need more information about, please feel free to reach out to myself. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, andy.lew, L-E-W-A-N-D-I, that is. And of course, Dr. Tanya, I have just been, as I said, so humbled that you were able to be here. So thank you so much. And thank you for you, the touch. Yeah, you're not really that much on social media. So if everyone's going to like influx, can they go to your Instagram or what? Should we just have a consult with you? What should we do? Um, how about I'll, I'll pop some some resource links and how to contact me in in that follow up. Sounds amazing. And uh, just get excited because Dr. Tanya Ash is in the midst of writing her book about thank breast implant illness and mast cell activation syndrome. Thank you. So watch this space and, you know, you will just continue to be educated and inspired, not just about implants, but how your body works to heal itself. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Well To Do.